Hi guys, this is Abdeswadu and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, well, what a brilliant night it was in South Wales on Tuesday as Fulham went 14 points clear at the top of the Championship with a five-star performance against Swansea City. The hosts were reduced to 10 men just before half-time. Fulham came out and delivered a clinical masterclass in the second half to make it four wins in a row. Dylan and Mauls are here with me to go back over the game. Avatar, we are taking the piss now. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Well, it was another wonderful win in Wales as we cruised to a 5-1 win over Swansea last night. The first half was a little bit dire, wasn't it? The second, just magnificent. Quite literally a game of two halves, Morgs. Yeah, I think in the first half, Swansea played some decent stuff. It was a bit, you know, Parkable-esque. It wasn't really going uh, going anywhere, but they didn't look like they were being over, uh, overwhelmed by us. Um, but, you know, we didn't really have that, you know, many opportunities. I think maybe we sort of like, we got into the box a few times, but nothing to write home about. But, yeah, that red card changed the whole face of the game. As, you know, sometimes in those situations, team teams who sort of go down to 10 men aren't, uh, you know, taken apart. They sort of get men behind the ball and they just sort of do what they can. But it was just an absolute uh, destruction after that was and oh, I thought Swansea were turgid, tedious, boring. I was so bored in the first half. People say that they're the best football inside in the division. They're shit. They kept the ball. As soon as they got over the halfway line, they got anywhere near our penalty area. They had absolutely no idea what to do with it. So they passed it back. We didn't really make too much effort in closing them down, but they were no threat. I thought they were crap. The only shot they had was one that might have been going over the bar anyway, but Rodak helped it over the bar. Um but they got their asses handed to them in the second half, and rightly so, because they were bloody boring to watch. What did you think, Dylan? Yeah, it was just that first half was was a bit of a, a bit of a tough watch. I mean, they had a lot of the ball, probably more than I was expecting them to have, considering we're obviously a, a side who thrives on having the ball as well. But yeah, that second half was just a different class. I think the first goal was obviously handed to us for a bit of a shoddy defending, but then we just never let up from then on in and just made them pay really it was a very clinical performance and a 5-1 scoreline you just wouldn't have seen that coming at half time would you this is what we do when we smell blood though isn't it we just turn the screw on teams and um, and absolutely plaster them um obviously as you said Morgs, the, the big turning point was the red card for uh, for ryan manning once of qpr he was very late on harry wilson who went down very theatrically i haven't been able to find a decent close-up uh, of it yet but at the time, it did look a little bit harsh. He went flying and rolling over a few times. And the referee gave him no self, uh, gave himself no time whatsoever to, to make his mind up. He just pulled the red card straight out. He was very, very decisive about that straight away, wasn't he? I, I haven't, as I said, I haven't seen a replay. Have you? Was it a red card for you? Well, I mean, at first glance, you look at it, and it just kind of looked like a bit of a full-blooded tackle. Um, he only went in with one leg. It wasn't like it was two-footed or anything. And you so from that sort of, uh, you know, real-time at first glance sort of uh, 
perspective, you can see why Russell Martin was so annoyed and why the Swansea fans were so annoyed. But you look at it in well, slow motions, one thing, but you look at where the, his um, studs were. They were up. Uh, they went above Wilson's ankle. Um, and he was coming in at quite a pace. I mean, you can see why Wilson went down like a sack of shit. I mean, he's not given him, uh, he's not covered himself in glory over the last sort of, you know, in recent times because he is a bit theatrical. Um, but I think in this case, it was a red card because you can't, there is zero tolerance and studs up tackles. You know, if he'd gone in and his studs weren't up, then it would have just been a good tackle. But he was late and he went into his ankle, shin, or whatever it was. So, yeah, I get why Russell Martin was annoyed, but I mean, if he looks back at it and still plans on appealing it, I'll be very surprised because I thought, looking at it again, that was a dead set red card. Yeah, I just echo what Morg said, really. I don't think he's gone in like, intentionally. I know some players, you know, you do get the occasional just completely malicious challenge. I don't think he's gone in with those sort of intentions, but he's just misarmed it completely, gone in studs up on the leg. And when you see those sort of challenges, there's no way you can sort of give anything other than a red card, I don't think. So, yeah, it's the right decision. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't really want to talk too much about the about the first half. All I will say is that there was only one team trying to score in that half. Uh, when we got over the halfway line, Cabano and Carvalho were linking up quite well down the left-hand side. And Robinson was was getting on the overlap quite well. His end product was questionable again. Um, and also on, on the right-hand side as well, Williams and Wilson were, were having a bit of joy. We didn't really create many opportunities. There was just that one which I remember, which uh, Mitro headed over the bar, which at the time looked like it might have gone in, but it was actually quite quite a way over the crossbar. But right after the second half, most Fulham fans were still down on the concourse having a drink, I think. Um, nobody was ready for it, but Mitro got his 35th of the campaign and it was 14 seconds after the restart. Came from some sloppy Swansea defending Dylan, but talk me through it. Yeah, I think that's one of the. It was sort of similar to that Bournemouth goal that they scored against us at uh, sort of Christmas time, just so so soon after the first half. I guess the only difference was this was caused by some sloppy Swansea defending rather than a sort of engineered move, as it were. But um, I think it was um, Andy Fisher, the Swansea keeper, who played the ball out into Carl Bartley's chest almost, and he just completely miscontrolled it. Went to fell to Harrison Reed, and then he gave it to Wilson, and it's a cross goal for. For Mitrovic, who uh, got his 35th of the season, which is just an unre- unbelievably impressive number. And yeah, what a way to sort of start the second half after a, I think a frustrating 45, first 45 on reflection. Yeah, I mean, that's a nightmare scenario for any team, isn't it? You've just gone in, regrouped after sort of going down to 10 men just before half time. The manager's given his team talk. You're ready to go again and, you know, implement whatever tactic you're going to do to try and sort of avoid con- conceding to a team who is able to put a lot of goals past you on, on the day. And your goalkeeper does that. Uh, he fannies around in his box and it's his pass just goes, uh, you know, uh, nowhere really. And it's, he's going to be pulling his hair out the side of the pitch on that because Everything, all the good intentions you had are straight out the window. The game plan's out the window because you know you've now got to try and attack a team who has a, you know, tightest defence in the league, but also the most ruthless attack. So 14 seconds into a half and uh, your game's gone to shit already. And so you've got to kind of feel for uh, them in that respect um, a tiny bit. But yeah, Mitro is a classic striker, isn't it? It's right place, right time. And uh, he wasn't going to miss from there. Um, 
and uh, yeah another another one for his uh, tally another one for the ever-growing collection and it was really good work from Harrison Reed as well Harrison Reed was playing quite far forward in this game and he had he had his best game I think in in that position where he was almost playing in behind the strikers at uh, at times you know he, he was so far forward and then he got involved in the second goal didn't he it was minutes later when Ben Cabango scored an own goal for Harrison Reed had a big, big hand in it. He's he's just getting closer to scoring, isn't he? I'd, I'd really like to see him score soon. I know we keep saying this, but that was as close as he's come to actually scoring himself. And, you know, he ran off celebrating as if he had scored and then he, he got the do, do, do Ginger Iniesta song. So it's coming. It's, it's like he's on the it's, brink of scoring. It's funny, what is it? Because he his best position since he's been at the club is just in front of the defence. And Silva seems to have decided that he's going to actually play a bit more of a forward role in recent weeks. Seri's doing his job in front of the defence, which is great. But they, you look at the two players and their sort of attacking qualities, you would expect it to be switched around. But perhaps, you know, given our position and given how, uh, you know, his, uh, Reed's work rate, maybe Silva's just sort of uh, thinking, right, I keep trying this. He's eventually going to score. And uh, that would just open a whole new set of floodgates in his ability. Um, but will he get one for the end of the season? Is this going to be a case of last game of the season, we get a penalty. Mitro's about to score his 53rd of the season and uh, he's just hands it over to Reed to finally bag one. Although, uh, you know, given our penalty history, there's a good chance it will end up somewhere uh, downtown Sheffield, I guess. Yeah, in Hillsborough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there was some, there was some really good banter actually on the, um, uh, between the, well, from, from the Fulham fans last night, Swansea had a drummer who was banging this bloody drum all the way through the first half. And then funnily enough, in the second half, he was silent. So there was plenty of where's your drummer gone? And then how shit must you be? Your drummer's gone home. Um, and then we added a third. Bobby Reed came on from the bench, um, 20 minutes or so left of normal time. And he, he stuck the ball in from a header. Another assist from Harry Wilson who was getting dog's abuse all night from the Swansea fans. You know, it was, I, I don't think it helped that he's ex-Cardiff and it certainly didn't help that uh, he uh, he he went down so theatrically to, to get uh, Manning sent off. But, you know, another couple of assists, and this was a really good one as well. It was a, a Mitro cross, a, a Wilson nod back and a, a tidy finish from, from Bobby Dillon. Bobby Dillon? Yeah. Bobby was, Dillon, yeah. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really good. And I'm pleased to see him score again. I think he's... His role has sort of been compromised a bit this season, just due to how good Wilson and uh, Cabano have been. But no, he's, um, he's he's still managed to keep a good level of performance when he has played, and he's still contributing effectively to the team. I don't know exactly how many goals he scored this season, but um, I should imagine it's around the six or seven mark now, which is uh, yeah really great for somebody like him. And I, I just hope he um, he wants to stay around next season because I still think he has a valuable role to play in. Whatever position he decides to, uh, well, Silva decides to put him in next season because you know how, how well he was playing at, uh, right wing back last season. He's very versatile, so yeah, I'd love to see him stay. I don't think he would go. I mean, he's getting a decent amount of game time. He's part of the first team. Um, it's not like Silva's completely forgotten him. It's not like sort of Morrison or something like that. He's still he is a useful player, and I think given uh, how he's played, he'll get given opportunities in the Premier League as and when we go up. And I don't think he'd turn that down. I don't think another, you know, if he goes to another club, it'll be a different style of football and all that, and maybe won't sort of be play, uh, able to play his usual game. But for what he's done so far, uh, last season, this season, I mean, he's such a, a great asset 
which I think we said before, off the back of his first season with the club, where he, you know, flattered to deceive, he it's it's great for uh, to see. Yeah. Um, oh, I was I was just going to mention about the the style of football that Swansea play again, and uh, and I thought I've already kind of ripped that to shreds, and I've always already said how good the uh, the Fulham banter was. But as we were leaving the stadium on the way back to the car last night, just in the distance, I heard some Welsh bloke shouted out, "Oh, where's your fucking cheese?" And I thought, "What are you on about?" And then <laughs> then realised that they were just banging on about the cheese board. That's that's all they had. <laughs> as we were it's it's good to know that the cheese board is uh, still going, uh, still yeah. famous. Yeah. What what an insult! Where's your cheese? <laughs> don't know, mate. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, but anyway, five one. And that, I don't know. But, uh, as uh, as my girlfriend might attest to, they're not the smartest bunch in that part of the world. So maybe it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they they got their one goal, didn't they? Through uh, Joel Pirro. It's a pretty nice header, actually. Corner. We didn't close down the the short corner quick enough. They whipped it in. And any complaints about the goal? Any anyone to blame, really? Or when you've won, when you scored five, it doesn't really matter, I suppose, does it? It's annoying, isn't it? Because you 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 don't want to sort of uh, take any sort of negatives for it. But it was it was a pretty crap goal to concede. Um, it just I think the defense just switched off. Um, and moving forward, the the closer we get to that sort of uh, you know that points tally that sees us go up the the less maybe the sort of the mind's focus um i just you know i remember when um we went up under tagana and the last few results of the season because we were up or you know effectively champions or whatever the performances started you know getting a little bit worse and i don't want to see that because it's been such a good season and you want to see it end uh, as strongly as it's been throughout the year so i'm kind of hoping those little uh little blips are few and far between as we uh, think- move forward do you think that we've we've arguably got a better squad, all-round squad with better cover than we had back in that Tagana season? So you've got players waiting in the wings who, if players who are in the first team take their foot off the gas, then there's other players ready to come in and still give it 100%. Yeah, I think so. I think we've, we're also able to have that. You know, it's a, it's a very different era. We've come down with a fairly sort of decent squad, although when we looked at it back in, you know, whatever it was, May, May, June last year, it didn't look like it was going to be that strong. But we've added well, and we've we've built around sort of the players that we did have left, and we've got just we have got such a strong squad. And even the ones that aren't making the bench, you know, we can bring in quite happily. So there isn't room for these players to start sort of dropping their performances because they can get replaced. Uh, but I mean, the team that we started last night, I think that is uh, that is our best eleven at this point. And you know they they did particularly well. Although, uh, gentlemen Jim, Jamie Reed, they were both calling for Tom Kearney to be starting or playing at least. It's like, but where would you play him at the moment? You don't drop Serio Reed. Kearney's great to have on there because he is you know a different type of player. But at the moment, he's not replacing anyone in that starting eleven. Yeah, but do you remember in January? We're so fickle because do you remember in January when Seri was away at the Af- AFCON and we were scoring six, seven goals every week and we were saying, oh, well, we're not missing Seri, are we? Maybe this is the best team. Tom Kearney's in the team now. So, you know, it's it's all relative to the kind of the time that you're in, isn't it? And at the moment, yeah, we've won four in a row and, and we're playing well and, and we look we look quite strong. Um, but I don't know. I, I still don't know what the best best starting eleven is, personally. It's, it's, there's an argument for both Seri and and Kearney, isn't there, um, to play alongside Harrison Reed? So I, I don't know. I, I well, no, give, I mean, given given how Reed's playing at the moment in terms of his position, 
you would expect Kearney to replace Reed, but mm. I don't think you can drop Reed. Right. Um, no. But you I know, still think, I all still those think goals, Reed... those goals were ages ago. That was that was January. Yeah. It's March now. Yeah, yeah. I still <laughs> think Reed's better. Reed's better playing in that defensive midfield role. Um, but it's working. Who cares? It don't. It doesn't matter if, as long as we're winning games, then I couldn't care less who plays where. To be honest, we are. We're we're doing really well at the moment. So. Um, Dylan, with the score at 3-1, it was time for a Welsh wizard to cast a spell over the Liberty. However, this time it was Nico Williams rather than Harry Wilson who made a telling contribution going forward. He fired home a rebound after his original strike was parried by the Swansea keeper. This was his first goal in professional football and like London buses, a second would follow soon after. But firstly, lovely to see him hit the back of the net having come so close last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was nice for him to finally get a goal, and especially because it's his first in professional football. Uh, obviously, a special moment for him, and it's, yeah, he did come so close last weekend to like a, a superb uh, first goal. But yeah, that uh, the, the goal last night was uh, was was good, the first one, but it's just a precursor for what was to come, as it turned out. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing finish. And then his second was a thing of absolute beauty. Come on, lads, let's hear all about it. <laughs> That was it. Was such a confident finish. I think it's one of those he probably sort of bangs away in training, you know, week in, week week out. But he, the way it just sat up for him, it was it was there to be hit. But sometimes with a right back uh, or any form of defensive player, they could end up going any which way but in. But great to see that just parted straight in the top corner. You're not you're not saving that as a keeper. And I think, given his recent performances. Uh, it's definitely he definitely deserves that one, and again, yeah, as Dylan said after Saturday's effort, <laughs> it's just so like, it's one one tapping goal probably wasn't enough. He had to score an absolute screamer, and he uh, he definitely did that. So I think I think Nico's been absolutely brilliant since he turned up. I think that first game he played, everyone was a bit oh, okay. Is this is this it? But then after that, he's just solidified his place in the team, which given who he's uh, you know competing with. That is no mean feat. And to have two right backs of that quality in the squad is brilliant. But you just can't, you couldn't take Williams off the pitch at the moment. Uh, he needs to be starting, which is a shame because you look at Tete and when he's fit, he needs to be starting. So it is what it is at the moment. We're just very, uh, very lucky we have two very good right backs. I mean, it was a great signing. I wouldn't have thought about it at the beginning of uh, the window to take him. But, you know, that's why I'm not in charge. Yeah, well, we didn't know Dennis Adoy was going to be on his uh, on his travels either, did we? But as soon as that ball got to the edge of the box and I saw it was Williams and the way he kind of chested it up, the second he hit it, I knew it was in. It was, I was so excited that of all the players that it landed to on the edge of the box, I wanted it to fall to him um, and it just flew in the top corner. Dylan, what were your thoughts on that? Flew over the keeper. Keeper just didn't have a chance, did he? No, it was, it was a special strike. One of those, I don't think, I don't think he um, he could do that again. If you try, you know, you give you give players 10, 15 of those, only one or two would go in. So, yeah, absolutely amazing strike. Technique was near perfect, I'd say, and just flew across the keeper into the far top corner. It was one of the goals you sort of dream of scoring, and you can only score if you hit it completely perfectly, exactly the right time sort of thing. And, yeah, just uh, incredible. And, you know, so far in his career, for every tap-in he's scored, he's scored an absolute beauty. So, I'll be uh, interested to see if he can keep that one up. <laughs> and, and you say that you... Do that 10, 15 times when we get it another time. I bet you, before the end of the season, he scores another cracker. Because he sort of strikes me as someone who he's confident enough to do it. And he clearly can hit a ball. Uh, hit a ball. So I think, no, I think he's got definitely got another screamer in his bag. 
before the end of the season. He'd be an amazing permanent signing as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think we were saying last night, Liverpool's other option at right-back is Trent. He ain't going anywhere. So I think he's definitely, especially if we go up, and he sort of gets, you know, he has good camaraderie with the squad, enjoys his time here. I think from a personal point of view, he'd want to sign, uh, maybe on loan for another year. Um, but I, I think we definitely need to go for him. Um, you know, if we don't get him, we still have Tete, who I think is, you know, definitely uh, Premier League quality. So it's not a make or break signing. But I think if we can get him based on his recent performances, it would be it would be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, these five goals leave us on 89 for the season with 11 games to go. That means we need one goal a game from now until the end of the season to see us up to 100 goals for the campaign. So Ben's dad's going to be rather excited, I should imagine, waiting for his six grand to, to come in if we, um, if we score 100 goals. It's truly been a one-of-a-kind campaign, hasn't it, with records falling all over the place. So for anyone new listening who doesn't quite understand the magnitude of what's happened this season, lads, sum up just how special this season has been for you. Yeah, it's, it's been a complete joke, to be honest with you. I think from that first away day at Huddersfield, like 5-1 was the last score we would have expected then, especially because early on in that game, I remember them putting us under quite a bit of pressure. But since then, we've just gone from strength to strength to strength. It's been absolutely incredible. We've won, I think, I think it's now 14 games by a margin of three goals or more, which is just unbelievable. That's never happened before, and I don't think it'll ever happen again. Uh, we've not only have we scored a ridiculous amount of goals, 89 in 35 games, we've also conceded the joint lease in the league, so we're performing equally well at both ends of the pitch. And it's just been an amazing season spot in Fulham. Probably my favourite so far. I mean, that Europa League campaign was special, but over the course of a whole season, I don't. I think you'll be hard pushed to find anything as good as this, maybe in your entire lifetime. I th- when we went down last season, and I saw the players that would be leaving because of you know their loans were expiring, or anyone who might be out the door um, uh, sold. Uh, I just I wasn't optimistic for this year. I thought we had too much of a rebuilding job. I thought if Parker was still here, we had too much you know too many demoralised players. Obviously, Mitrovic would have been off. But then with him going a bit more confident, I still felt uh, felt we were a bit threadbare in terms of our team. And it's but. Marco Silva coming in, uh, you know, from my Everton sporting mate, he didn't seem overly confident that he would be uh, our best best choice. Uh, but I'm so happy that he's massively proved uh, proved us wrong. Or well, yeah, proved me wrong anyway. Uh, everyone else might have been confident. But the style of football has just been such a breath of fresh air after the last couple of years. And yes, we went up under Parker's football but it wasn't exciting and it was I you know I've often said during that season I think being behind closed doors for half of it actually helped because it meant that the players weren't having the fans on the back when it because it was so turgid Uh, but this time around it's been so exciting it's been a joy to watch and seeing you know the rebirth of Mitrovic the you know Tim Ream sort of coming in and being an absolute stalwart in the side uh just all the players around them as well. And Seri, you know, who, who'd have thunk that he'd sort of come back into the team and actually look like he's enjoying it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just been a great fun season and 11 games to go, you know, two, you know, two 
whatever, grumpy, ugly, whatever you want to call it, to say that it's done and dusted. But there is such a sort of, uh, you know, a great feeling around the club. And I think we will see it off. And I think it will definitely go down as uh, one of, if not the best season to have been a Fulham fan, aside from perhaps the Europa League run or the dark Tagana season. But yeah, so far, probably my most enjoyable. Just coming back after the all the lockdowns as well. And we've been very, very lucky because everybody's in the same position, aren't they? Nobody was able to go to football and we've come back and just seen our club in a position where we're playing such good football, scoring so many goals, being quite tight at the back and just playing really exciting stuff and turning up expecting to win um, and being able to go to the games again and just enjoy them like we did last night. I mean, it was a, a long old night for me last night. I didn't get back till well into the early hours of the morning, but it's well worth it. And I had such a good day yesterday. It was, it was, it was superb. So, um, and made all the better by the fact that Bournemouth didn't even beat Peterborough. Um, one all with, with Peterborough and Blackburn had a draw as well. So we've just extended our lead even further at the top, which from looking at that little run of games where you think, well, we've got five away games in a row now because Forrest beat um, Huddersfield in the Cup. So the Forest game's not on the 19th of March anymore. And we've got that run of away games. It's a, it's a great start, isn't it? So, um, yeah, but I couldn't, couldn't be happier and couldn't be more excited to go to Barnsley on Saturday. Um, oh, lovely I Barnsley. don't think anybody's ever said those <laughs> words before in their lives, but um, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, all right, let's come on to Man of the Match then. So, Man of the Match for Swansea. When when you're winning games as, as well as we did last night, they can be quite hard to pick. But, you know, collectively last season, performances often struggle to go above a 5 out of 10. And this season, collectively, you're looking at 7s and 8s all across the board, haven't you? So, I'm, I'm going to um, nail my colours to the mast again and say Harrison Reid. I thought he was superb again last night. How about you, boys? I'll go... I'm going to give it to Nico. I think, again, it was another solid performance from him. He was doing a great job down the down the right. His defensive work is good again um, when needed, which obviously in the second half, not so much. But to get two goals as a right back... Uh, as well, you know, that just adds to the, his all-round performance. So I think he deserves another one. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Nico Williams as well. I thought just superb last night. Two goals, really um, sort of the perfect reward for his performances that he's, he's put in across the whole season with us so far. And I just think, yeah, really pleased to see him doing so well. But also a special mention to uh, my friend George from uni who travelled to the game last night to commentate on it. He's a Swansea fan and he saw his team absolutely battered 5-1. Yeah. Well, did sorry. he travel from uh, Did he travel from Zaragoza as well? No, <laughs> no. Luckily, he's only in Southampton, but I don't think he's uh, he's feeling too happy this morning. Big hello to George. Then, hope you're listening, mate. Hope you're enjoying the podcast and reliving it all. What a night! <laughs> all right, so on to Barnsley away on Saturday. Then another twelve thirty kickoff, which is going to be another pig to get to. It's a really early start for well for everybody, unless you're staying up the night before. Uh, Wigo and I are, are heading up at about seven o'clock in the morning, I think. So nice little, uh, nice little day trip. Barnsley twenty uh, third, but look slightly revitalised in recent weeks, thanks in part to the signing of Super Domingos Kina, who hardly lit things up whilst on loan here at Fulham earlier in the season, but scored again for the Tykes last night against Stoke. Pretty much everything here you'd think would point towards a Fulham win, wouldn't you? But you just never know in the Championship. 
Stoke, whilst not at our level and no mugs in this league, and they required a 95th minute equaliser to salvage a point against them yesterday. So, what are you thinking? How do you see the game going? How do you see it playing out? I mean, our recent history against Barnsley is not great, is it? Uh, well, obviously, we beat them at home, but you know, <laughs> that time uh, two seasons ago, the, the memory still haunts us, I think. Um, but I think this time around, we'll have, we'll, we will just have too much quality for them. Um, we won't see Corley Woodrow this time around. He's got quite a long-term injury, I think. Um, and, you know, regardless of how uh, Keener plays, I think we should sort of still... But it won't be an absolute hammering. I don't think it'll be another 5-1. But I think if we get a 2-0, 2-1, you know, it's another just get the job done. You know, five away games on the trot. with one ticked off. We need, I'd say three or four wins out of these five would be sort of would be fine and I think this one definitely is a must win one of them yeah I think if you can't be confident now then when can you be confident supporting Fulham I'm, I'm just going for a big win again uh, I've seen no real reason to, to for Barnsley to worry us you know they've improved in recent weeks I mean Keane has scored a good couple of goals uh, another, another a sort of corker from the edge of the box last night cut inside and then down the top left corner, I think it was right foot. But yeah, no, no reason to worry. I don't think. Don't get um, cocky. Don't we? Out. Don't let's not get cocky now. You know, let's let's have a little bit of uh, grace about this because you start getting cocky and you start making four nil predictions against Blackpool and lose one nil. And <laughs> it's it, the job is almost done, but it's not quite done. There are going to be a couple of blips in the road along the way. Um, so let's, uh, you know, I've, I, I want to keep sort of uh, sensible, but maybe that's just because I know better than going a bit over the top. But let's they don't, they, don't, they don't have to be blips. I mean, we have got some tough games coming up, particularly away from home. You know, Middlesbrough away, Sheffield United away, QPR away, Bournemouth away. They're, they're games that we could potentially uh, put ship, points mate. in. Yeah, they are, but you know, it's, it's still it's still going to be a big game that one, isn't it? And you know, it's um, there, there's still potential games where we where we could drop points, but I'd like to think that this weekend won't be one of them. You know, Barnsley have struggled all season. We've already taken them to the cleaners once this season, um, and really, we sh- we should do it again. And the the only criticism I, I'd have is that in the last few games we started quite slowly, and I don't really see we we don't need to. You know, I think. Against Swansea, the plan was to kind of just sit back and let them have the ball, but close them down quickly. And it didn't really work to start off with, but they didn't threaten us, so it didn't it didn't matter. But against Barnsley, from the first minute, I'd like to see us take the game to them. Um, and, I, and I think that's what we should be doing. Do you see there being any team changes for, for this week? You know, we've kept the same team now two weeks in a row against, God, who did we play? Blackburn and then against Swansea, same team. It's a three-game week, so you'd expect there to be a couple of tweaks, would you? Uh, I th- I think so. I don't know where, but I think he might uh, give an, another couple of players a go. Who they are, can't really say at the moment. Maybe uh, Kearney will get a go. It's cracking insight, mate. It's, it's great insight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not paid to do this. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I reckon you, you, we might see Joe Bryan get a place in the team again. I don't think Robinson has been particularly good again the last couple of weeks, a uh, couple of mm. games. He he tried. He tried against Swansea. He was, good. He was busting a, yeah. a lung on the overlap um, all night. 
but his his delivery just was off. He kept giving the ball away. It was quite frustrating. It was another one of those nights. Some some nights, some games you see him and think, yeah, he's spot on today, but he's a bit inconsistent with that, isn't he? I do wonder if um, Cavallo might get a, a bit of a rest for this one. I think, you know, he might sort of decide to bring in Bobby Reed in his position for a bit, or maybe uh, Cavallero in, because he's looked all right when he's uh, come on recently. Maybe it's just one of those games where he wants to sort of uh, rotate it a bit, just because, you know, Barnsley are a bit of a uh, old school hump it, not hump it, uh, hoof it kind of side. And after, you know, early kickoff as well, maybe, I don't know. But I think Cavallo, he got subbed last night, didn't he? Um, so perhaps he's just thinking, well, give him a little bit of a rest and then have him fresh for whatever the next game is after that. I don't think... Have we got a midweek game? Oh, we've got West Brom, haven't we? Yeah, we're going, uh, remember? <laughs> we are, yeah. Remind, yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we've got West Brom on the Tuesday, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he might make a couple of changes just because we need our strongest team out against West Brom. Uh, because they've started, you know, they've got their first win under Bruce, and they're they're no mugs, but they're you know, we need to make sure that we've uh, got a fresh side for that as well. And Dylan, can you give a more decisive answer than that? <laughs> I can try. Um, I just think it'd be some changes in the midfield. I think maybe Cavallero and Tom Kearney in for. I'll go John McElserry and uh, Fabio Carvalho. I think they would be the only two changes he makes. Maybe the fullbacks. I can't really see him sort of changing too much of the team for fear of sort of sacrificing the results. So I think it'll just be a couple of changes in midfield to freshen things up and then we'll see how the game goes from there. We're right in the running now though, aren't we? We've got 11 games to go. So, you know, it's you can call it 11 cup finals if you want. 11 games where really we should be putting out our best team. And also later in the month, we've got a two-week break um, after the West Brom game, isn't it? We have, yeah, two weeks off because we, there's internationals coming up at the end of the month and the um, the Forest game's off anyway. So, I this, think uh, anyone. This is the, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the, uh, this is the moment where our squad depth comes into its own, though. You know, we, there are a lot of teams that we're going to play against that are tiring, who's, you know, they don't have as many sort of quality players in their side, in their squad, Sorry. So the um, I think we will probably rotate a bit just to keep it fresh. But I think, you know, we're going to be able to take uh, take advantage of a lot of teams who at this point of the season, while some of them might be battling to stay up, there are others that realise that their season's over. They're mid-table. They're on their holidays soon. And those are the ones that we really need to be, uh, you know, dominating for the most part. Yeah, good stuff. All right, um, let's probably leave it there, shall we? What I should have said at the top of the show, but um, annoyingly I forgot, is that Wigo's having his little stem cell operation today. Um, so those of you who heard the show the other week where he was asking for you to give very generously to his Just Giving page, you can find his Just Giving page in his bio on Twitter, and his Twitter is at underscore Matt Wiggins. So best of luck with that operation today, mate. And I will see you Saturday. Um, he's coming straight out of hospital, straight onto the train. <laughs> straight on the dark fruits. Straight on the dark fruits. Replacing exactly. stem cells with Strongbow. It's, uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. What what better way to uh, to play it? Um, and Dylan, happy birthday for tomorrow, mate. What is it? Your 14th or something? 
Yeah, 14 tomorrow. Can't wait. No, it's uh, seven <laughs> times three, not two. I'll be 21. Uh, Exciting. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. You got any, any big plans? No, not, nothing major. Just hoping for a big three points on Saturday. Beautiful stuff. Enjoy, mate. Enjoy. Morgs, I will, uh, I'll see you at West Brom. Actually, I see you at my house. No, see you, see you, I was say, see you in Reading. <laughs> yeah, see you in Reading. Yeah, nice one. All right, lads, thanks for joining me. We'll be back on Monday to have a look back over that Barnsley game and look ahead to that West Brom game we just mentioned. Thanks for listening, folks. See you soon. Cheers. <laughs>